Steve was not her father anyway. For all the fortitude she would show in adulthood, her instinctive insecurity never left her. The Hosiers were living on Grosvenor Street in central London, a far cry from the romantically haunted Cortiki Castle in the Scottish Highlands where Lady Blanche had grown up. Clementine's mother was the eldest daughter of the 10th Earl of Airlie, whose ancient Scottish lineage was enlivened by castle burnings and Jacobite uprisings. Her seraphic face belied her own rebellious spirit, and her parents, their family fortunes much reduced by the Earl's gambling losses, had been keen to marry her off. They were thus relieved when in 1878, at the age of 25, she became engaged to Colonel Hosier, even though he was fourteen years her senior, and only come-lately gentry of limited means. Lady Blanche's mother, also called Blanche, was a Stanley of Alderley, a tribe of assertive and erudite English matriarchs, who combined radical liberal views with upper-class condescension. They thought new clothes, fires in the bedroom, and above all, jam— the epitome of excessive indulgence. Champions of female education, the Stanley women had co-founded Girton College in Cambridge in 1869. No less formidably clever than these eminent forebears, the elder Blanche had later mixed with the likes of the novelist William Makepeace Thackeray, the Tory Prime Minister Benjamin Disraeli, his bitter liberal rival William Gladstone, and John Ruskin, the art critic, designer, and social thinker. She made her ineffectual husband switch the family political allegiance from conservative to liberal, and was equally forceful with her tearful granddaughter Clementine, who was not her favourite. It was evidently unfitting for a girl of Stanley blood to show her emotions. Hosier's family made its money in brewing, gaining entrance to society thanks to the profits of industry rather than the privilege of birth. Although his elder brother became the first Lord Newlands, and Henry himself received a knighthood in 1903 for his innovative work at Lloyd's of London after a distinguished career in the army, the Hosiers remained essentially nouveau, middle-class stock who earned their own living. In the eyes of many in the city, Henry was a flamboyant personality. But the Lloyd's archives suggest a darker nature. He had graduated top of his class from Army Staff College and was decorated with the Iron Cross by Emperor Wilhelm I when serving as assistant military attaché to the Prussian forces during the Austro-Prussian War of 1866. And this, and his service in Abyssinia and China, appear to have gone to his head. His colleagues at Lloyd's thought he was a born autocrat with an excessive love of power and an absence of humour. He also apparently suffered from an excessive fondness for spending the corporation's money. An internal investigation in 1902 revealed that his business methods, while productive, were of doubtful ethics. Some of his soi-disant successes were in truth exaggerated or unfounded, and after he challenged one persistent critic to a duel in 1906, his reputation inside the upper echelons of Lloyd's never quite recovered. 
Clementine was probably unaware of these stains on his character, admitting in a booklet she wrote for her own children entitled My Early Life that she knew very little about her father's existence outside the home. The Earl considered his son-in-law a bounder, and Lady Blanche soon discovered to her horror that her husband's previous career giving orders in the army had led him to expect the same unquestioning obedience at home. Far from liberating her from parental control, marriage to the splenetic and vengeful Henry proved even more restrictive. Before her wedding, Lady Blanche had assumed that she would become a notable political hostess in her own right. After leaving the military in 1874, Hosier had briefly dabbled in public life, standing unsuccessfully in 1885 as the Liberal Unionist candidate for Woolwich and helping to pioneer the idea of an intelligence.